Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Have you ever struggled from fitting in? I know I have, particularly at school. I found it difficult to find out who I was on that journey of self-discovery. I started to see a therapist, and not only did I go on a journey of self-awareness and understanding, I became more resilient, my self-worth grew, and my mental health changed for the better. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try, because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash headstrong. That's betterhelp.com slash headstrong. Hello and welcome to Headstrong. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, firstly, thank you very much. My name is Louis Strong and I host this podcast. On this podcast, I interview a number of guests in the public eye to talk to them about their lives and their careers, but notably, I would like to talk to them about their vulnerabilities to understand what the word headstrong means to them. To me, it means to believe in yourself, to talk about your vulnerabilities and reinforce your self-worth. On today's episode of Headstrong is the brilliant actor, Tori DeVito. Tori and I sat down whilst she just got back from a hefty stint of filming in multiple countries abroad. We talked about what that traveling does to her life and routine We talk about why routine is so important for her mental health, as well as her experience with meditation and how she preserves her mental health. So I really hope you enjoy this episode of Headstrong. Stuff. Tori, thank you so much for joining me on Headstrong. How are you doing? Bit tired by the sounds of things. (laughs) A bit tired. Yeah, I'm a little confused as to what life is right now. I've been uh, traveling for the last month and a half. I got home so late last night, but... I'm here and I'm alive and I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> Where have you been? Talk to me. So I started off in Bulgaria um, and then I went to Greece and then I came back to Michigan for about three days and then I went to Costa Rica 
And now I'm um, back for about 10 days and then I'm traveling to Israel. Oh, collecting those air miles, Tori. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm making up for lost time. You know, we didn't travel for so long and now I'm just packing it all in. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So do you find yourself when you get back from one of these long stints, like you're out of routine or do you just give yourself a couple of days to get back into it and then you find yourself back in it? So it's like kind of a joke in my family. Everyone's like, do you ever just slow down? I feel like my version of slowing down is everyone else is sped up. I try to slow down, but there's so many things I want to do when I get home. Like I love playing tennis. I love, so when I'm home, I, I want to get back into my routine and I don't really allow myself that space to just sit at home for a second. Um, but I, I get a little overwhelmed, Like, I, but I get overwhelmed. I live on a farm here. So I get overwhelmed about like silly things that a lot of people wouldn't think of. Like I woke up this morning and I realized, oh my God, I've let my animals down. I'm out of bird seed. I feed these feral cats. I'm running low on cat food. And I'm like, oh, when am I going to have the time? I, I need to take care of my, my animals. My plants are dying. Like so little things like that were overwhelming me. And I have to remind myself it's all fixable. I can go fixable. get cat food today. I think that's a one one huge thing that we're all so guilty of. We will immediately just beat ourselves up about the smallest things and let it potentially ruin our day when ultimately totally. actually these things are so fixable and so easily no need to be overthought. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Everything is fixable, I think. And I also believe like the two keys to life are simplicity and adaptability. So you got to be able to adapt. That's like, to me, the key to happiness in life is just being able to just go take one moment at a time, adapt to whatever's coming at you and just go, it's all good. But have you always been like that, though? Because that that takes that takes skill and practice. (laughs) I have not always been like that. I was an anxious mess probably all throughout my 20s. I think I cried like I could have like canoed down my tears in my 20s, I think. Um, I was anxious. I was angsty. I like, uh, I had panic attacks all the time. I called my mom sobbing and she'd be like, are you doing this because it's something real or did you drink too much caffeine? And I'd be like, I don't know. It's probably a combination of the both. But then, you know, in my thirties, I feel like, you know, through meditation and just, um, self-awareness and lots of therapy and, you know, just honestly getting more settled and more confident in who I am. I feel like the calmness comes as you get older. People don't lie about that. That's actually very true. Like I would never go back to my 20s ever. Well, it's interesting because I think the 20s are a very interesting time for an identity crisis, right? Because I know that you started professionally working very young, but also throughout your 20s, you've got some friends at 22 who are getting married with kids, some friends when you're like 28 who are still going out, probably drinking too much and partying too much. (laughs) And you're like, hang on, where do I fit in? And you have that kind of identity crisis. Do Do you relate to that? Oh, 100%. I remember when I was in my mid 20s, and they started sending me on auditions to play cops or, you know, uh, teachers or lawyers. And I was like, you guys, I am (laughs) not old enough to be a teacher. (laughs) I don't know what you're thinking. And it's funny, because especially in this industry, you do have to, because I started off so young, you do have to grow up a lot quicker and in a different way than your friends and peers. But then on the flip side, I didn't go to college, I didn't, you know, and they're all cops and teachers and all those things now and I'm like it's very mature I don't even know if at 38 I'm ready to be someone's 
teacher. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I definitely like finding that balance. And then all my friends in LA, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm about to be 39. And I feel like I'm finally at a place where I'm like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to have a kid now. But a lot of my friends from back home, they did that a decade ago. And I was like, wow, are you really ready for this? So um, yeah, it is, it is weird finding that balance. And again, you just have to find what works for you, right? Not be pressured by what everybody's doing around you. I did an interview the other day and one of the, um, one of the guys I was interviewing said something that was really poignant. And he said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I feel like that that yeah. really resonates because, again, your your friends are probably there going, you know, they've got kids who are now maybe even 10 and you're going, yeah, maybe I am ready to have a kid. <laughs> but actually that comparison doesn't work because you were never ready 10 years ago. You're now ready. But comparing the two is completely irrelevant because it doesn't actually make sense. You've lived different lives. You've spent your time traveling, you know. And yes, 100%. I used to say that all the time to my girlfriends. I remember one of my girlfriends when I was in my 20s and I was working and we were both actors and she was like, you just never, I never feel like you're like, you get jealous of other people. And I said, I was like, well, to me, it literally doesn't make sense. Even if my soul entered another actress's body, the way my soul would create that body to walk and talk and all those things, it would be so different than what she is now like you can't compare yourself to anyone like it's just it it literally doesn't make sense you know it's just and there's enough to go around I feel like when you compare yourself it's you saying that you don't feel like there's enough in this life to go around and there's enough unique thought there's enough um jobs there's enough you know kids there's enough time there's all those things enough to go around so it's really impossible but I mean I I fall into the trap I feel like especially with social media sometimes like even if I'm you know let's say I'm like really into working out and I'm feeling good and then I scroll through and I see somebody else I'm like well I don't look like that I'm not doing a good job and then I'm like what am I doing why am I doing that I know better than that but it's hard it's hard it's very it's, a, it's very difficult to take yourself out of the moment you know what I mean or like oh totally. what if you watched yourself doing that you'd be furious at yourself because you get so yeah. absorbed in the moment or particularly with social media that we'll come on to talk about but you get so absorbed in that moment and you go well hang on a minute that is completely unhealthy for my mind yes any, any form of comparison is unhealthy as we all know social media is the totally. worst, most toxic um thing the most but for comparison so things like that are crazy but let's go let's go back right back to the beginning if we can and we'll, we'll build up to sure your your career your life and things like that because I'm intrigued to know first of all because you've obviously got animals on the farm now but have you always had kind of animals in your life has that always been something that you've had I well, imagine traveling a lot makes it naturally difficult but what about when you were younger as well so um my father's a musician and he traveled all the time we traveled with him so we didn't have a lot of animals but we had animals that kind of like fell into our lap um my mom's best friend is Stevie Nicks. And we went to one of her shows when I was like probably five, six years old. And a fan had brought an actual dove to the concert and gave it to Stevie on stage. And so of course, much to my parents' disappointment, we went backstage and Stevie gave it to me. And so because of that, then we started like, I grew up with birds, which is so weird. We're so not a bird family. And also <laughs> like, I don't like things that are caged now. So I would never have a bird now, but I had like six birds growing up um, that I loved. 
we had a dog. My dad is not a dog person. My dad's not an animal person. So we had a dog um, named Kuzia when I was little that I remember went to go live on a farm, AKA my parents gave it away. I think it was like chewing everything up and I think it drove my dad crazy. And then we had two dogs when I was a little bit older that we got while my dad was on tour. And, um, but they were smaller and he tolerated them. But I always loved animals, but I didn't grow up around a ton. I grew up in a very urban kind of setting, you know, traveling and all that kind of stuff. So when I was an adult and could have my own animals, that's when I really went for it. Well, there's something really therapeutic about having an animal, isn't there? You know, be, yeah. you know, it's that unconditional love, like particularly with dogs. I've got a dog. And, you know, even if you leave the room for two minutes, you come back in and you're the best thing since sliced bread like they see you and they're like i can't believe you're back this is amazing it's so true it's it's the best feeling ever when i'm away from my dogs especially now they're getting older i have one that's like really a lot older i hate traveling now because i'm like god forbid something happens and Mm. i'm out of the country like but it's it's so exciting when an animal takes you like that it makes you feel like the most special person on the planet i have these feral cats that i started feeding at my house and I started, I built them a feral villa for the winter that was like insulated on the top so they can, <laughs> and the other day, right before I left for Costa Rica, I, I went outside and one of them started walking up to me and then walking faster and it let me touch it. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I felt like I had done something right so right. I was like, I've been gifted by the gods. <laughs> <laughs> what well, absolute result. I mean, that's not that less and less feral. They'll be in your bed in no time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. So obviously from all the travel that you did when you were younger, I assume that this meant that you were hopping from school to school and that your education was probably somewhat disjointed. Is that fair to say? No, actually, um, I didn't. We didn't travel. Like, I think I feel like starting like mid elementary school, my mom and I traveled less and less with my dad so that I could stay in school. Nice. Um, the only time I hopped was we, we moved from New York to Florida when I was 11. But other than that, and then when I started working, I started working when I was 15. Um, I started off in like commercial work and modeling and things like that. And so I was traveling to different countries and all these things on my own. And I was flunking out of school because I, I wasn't there. And so um, when I was living in Orlando at the time, it was when that whole pop craze like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Mandy Moore and Britney Spears were all in Florida. And so somebody had created this school for professional working kids that like Mandy Moore and Justin Timberlake started going to. So I actually ended up graduating from that school, which uh, I don't I don't think my education was um, the biggest priority at that school. But um, <laughs> I definitely would recommend um somewhere else with a better education but uh but no that was the only time I really started hopping actually schools was when I started working myself so when you were kind of that in those kind of teenage years were you influenced by the involvement of your father being a professional musician to go into the kind of the creative arts and that artistic world I think so but it was definitely my own choice because um when I was six five six Um, My dad played drums with Billy Joel. So um, during the Stormfront tour was the only time they had a violinist on um, the tour with them. And at the end of the tour, I was just like so enamored with her and I followed her around everywhere and I loved it. I asked my parents if I could play. So Mm -hmm. that kind of, I put myself in music. And then when I was 15, 
I remember some people had suggested me going into modeling and my parents were like, we want her to be able to drive herself. We don't want her to do it until she can drive. So they waited till I was like 15, 16. And I did not like modeling. And then I kind of, a photographer suggested an acting class because I was very shy. And, uh, and then I loved acting. And so I wanted to do that. And I asked my parents if like I could do that and if they would help me get an agent and stuff. So, um, I'm sure being around my father and being in the arts like that definitely had its impact on me, but it was all kind of choices I made on my own. Like my parents never really put this stuff in front of me. I think that's really important to not push, push the children into something that the parents Mm -hmm. want them to do. I mean, the fact that you found your your passion, I suppose, but when you find a passion like acting, you know, Obviously, we're 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 on very different levels of success of acting. However, um, you, you know, but at the start of anyone's career as an actor, you go up for auditions and you experience that yeah. rejection, right? That's the part of an oh audition process. So, how was that for you at the beginning of your career, dealing with re- rejection as an actor? Um, it definitely builds a thicker skin in a way that you can't describe. You know, because you have people picking you apart in ways that are just not natural. Like I remember I went to an audition once and I used to, when I was in my early twenties, I used to break out like really bad on my forehead. And I remember this casting director like came right up to me and like went up to my forehead. She's like, so what's all this? And I was like, what, what do you mean? What's all this? You know, just like things like that where you're like in, if you weren't in this industry, people wouldn't be coming up to you saying Mm. the weirdest things about your body, about your face, about the way you look. Um, you know, I remember I did my first play when I was 17 in Florida. Uh, it was called Ella Mocenary by Lee Blessing. And it's a three women play. And so I was on stage the entire time. And I remember my first review was something about, you know, it, was, it started off good, like lighting up the stage or something. And then it said, but she doesn't always connect with the audience. And it was the first time I had heard any negative feedback when it came to that. And I was like, oh. What does that mean? Should I not be doing this? And I learned very quickly, like everybody has their own personality, uh, point of view. And you have to just look at it that way, right? Like you could take 10 of your friends and look at the same painting and you all would have a different opinion on it. And that's okay. But it definitely, you know, even still to this day, um, I remember like uh, somebody had commented on a message board when I was like, first started acting I think I just done One Tree Hill I was like 24 25 and they're like she smiles too much she looks like a psycho and I remember for like a decade when I would do red carpet stuff I never smiled I would like smile with my teeth closed with my mouth Mm. closed and I was like I can't believe I let one comment affect me like that so you have to learn I tell people that all the time when they're like I want to get into acting I'm like you have to have a tough skin and you have to be willing to be the person that doesn't show up to a lot of things for the people you love Mm. until you know you can finally get to a place in your career where you say no this is important to me i'm i'm going to this wedding you know what i mean this is a paid advertisement from better help therapy online have you ever struggled from fitting in i know i have particularly at school i found it difficult to find out who i was on that journey of self-discovery i started to see a therapist and not only did i go on a journey of self-awareness and understanding i became more resilient my self-worth grew and my mental health changed for the better. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. 
It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com headstrong. That's better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash headstrong well everyone thinks that well you know when, when you're at the peak of your career when you're you know peaking and hugely successful everyone wants to be your friend but as soon as you do something that yeah, the producers yeah. don't want or something that people disagree with everyone starts turning your their nose up at you giving comments totally as you say it's all about that thick skin and it's really difficult to grow that how how would you say yeah you've grown in confidence then is that just something that you've learned over with time or is that something that you've had to work on um I've had to work on it for sure I used to want to be liked by everybody I wanted everyone to like me I wanted everyone to think I was talented I wanted everyone to like what I did and I I was I, I spent the first I'd say probably like 15 years of my career looking for validation on sets you know after a scene looking to see did they like it did they like it and I'm at a place now where honestly like I don't give a shit what people think anymore like if I know I'm showing up and I'm being kind and I'm showing up in love and I'm doing my job and I'm prepared or even in a social situation if I'm showing up just as me and I feel like somebody isn't vibing with me or doesn't like me it's like I'm not my problem we actually went around the table me my sister and my mom and I was like joking I was like this is your catchphrase you marry out like my little sister I was like you say this all the time and I was like mom you say this all the time and I was like what do I say all the time and my sister looked at me she was like your catchphrase is not my problem (laughs) (laughs) and I I was like well seriously it really is it's you know how people feel about you and how they perceive you is not your problem now, I really like that. Again, it comes down to that comparison thing and judgment, mm-hmm. you know, because we're also always so quick to judge. But actually, quite frankly, yes. I don't care about your opinion. You shouldn't care about no. my opinion because the only person that you should care about are your close friends and family and anyone else other than that and yourself. Of totally. Course. But other than that, totally. it doesn't matter. Exactly. I agree. And so when you talked about being on set there. Can you remember the first time that you went on to a professional set? Can you remember that feeling? I can. Yeah. I remember feeling nervous. I mean, I, I'm always nervous, but like going on sets for the first time, it feels like first day of school, but I was so nervous. And I remember just feeling like it went so slow. Everything went so slow from the time you get there, Mm. going through hair and makeup, actually getting on set and then filming it. I remember that feeling of like, Oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? Um, I was probably like 16 when I went on my first professional set. It was a show that didn't last very long on this. It was now the CW, but it was the WB back then. And I just had one line. I um, the, the kid, the lead of the show was supposed to be kind of like a nerdier kid in school. And he drops his glasses and I walk by and I step on them by accident. And then it like panned up my leg. And I said, oh, sorry, buddy. And that was it. That was my one line. That was like my, <laughs> and I remember being so nervous and I got through it and I went home and I was like, I did it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so when you obviously now, as we established at the beginning, you spend a lot of time away from home. You spend a lot of time in foreign countries, which also means time in hotels, often living out of a suitcase. 
how do you deal with that lack of routine and structure? Because sometimes you'll get night shoots and you'll be getting getting in sometimes at like three, four in the morning. And that really messes up yeah. your body clock, what you're eating, you know. And I know that you like to do specific things in your routine that help with your mental health and routine. So how do you kind of stay on top of that um, fatigue and routine? It's hard. It's hard because as much as I travel for my job, I feel like more of me is naturally a homebody than it is like a traveler. And so it's, I always think it's ironic that I picked the career that I did because I love, I thrive off of routine and I mm. thrive off of being home. Um, so it's hard, you know, it's, it's not easy. I wish I could say that I found, you know, consistency everywhere I went. And I don't like, sometimes I feel like I'm just like struggling to survive by the end of the day. You know, I try not to drink caffeine. I try to meditate. I try to wake up and I'll try to work out and stuff. And then, like you said, when those night shoots kick in, it's like all the bad habits get brought up. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But um, reminding myself to go easy on myself and realizing that I'm doing the best that I can and be soft with myself. And I always try, I have my, I don't know why I always use my one specific friend, my best friend, Ariel. Every time I'm struggling and I'm like, oh God, I haven't worked out like all week. I'm drinking caffeine again. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm in all my bad habits because I'm working so much right now. And I always say to myself, if Ariel called you right now and said that, I would genuinely tell her and genuinely feel like, hey, you are doing a great job. You're doing the best you can. Do what you got to do. And I'll start next week. Who cares? You know what I mean? So I try to talk to myself like a friend. It's important, Uh, you know? Well, again, it's exactly what I was saying earlier. It's like taking yourself out of the situation and not beating yourself up about it, right? It's just like mm-hmm. you're, you you can be your own worst enemy, especially when you're like they're sat there at like 1 a.m. having your third yeah. coffee and you're like, <laughs> oh, I've got a headache. I'm tired. I haven't yes. gone to the gym. I've just had like a load of fast food. This is a total disaster. Yeah. And you're like, All well, I've eaten today is French fries and veggie burgers. Like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. But then actually, as you say, all that, all, uh, in fact, as um, who said it? It's not Tom Cruise that said it, but that that too shall pass. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's yes. it. I love that phrase um, because all, yes. you know, whilst obviously you're doing your job and you're obviously enjoying your job, as you say, you thrive off that routine. So when you get home, then what does a typical day look like? You get do you do you start with meditation? Yeah, wake up, meditate, journal if I'm feeling in the mood for it. Um, I love waking up and making matcha. I do love matcha. Um, I literally and... just got into that, Tori. Literally, as of last week, <laughs> I I've love had one it. every day. I love it. It's so good because to me, like um, coffee caffeine actually makes me feel very anxious. Uh, so, and I love the taste of coffee. So sometimes I'll do like decafs just to get the taste, but. I can't do that kind of like high energy. And there's something about the matcha that actually makes me feel happy. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm like, wow, this is like making me feel really happy. So I I was told that basically it. matcha is, because um, obviously caffeine in a coffee, you go like this, right? Up, down, up, down. Yes. So you get reach your high pretty quick, but then you'll plummet because, and then you're chasing that yes. high. You'll have another coffee. Whereas matcha is a slow release. So actually yes. you'll be, you know, two hours after having your matcha, you'll be like, I'm feeling I'm feeling damn good. Really good. Yeah. That's what I love. Because yeah. I'm exactly the same as you. I'll have my caffeine in my coffee and I'll be like, okay, I'm I'm buzzing. I'm I can achieve loads right now. 
half an hour later, you're like, oh, like, like uh, yes, slump, totally. You know, totally. Yeah. So I love doing that. That's, you know, always nice to have that matcha in the morning. And like I said, I live on a farm here. So when I'm home, I love just <laughs> like being with my animals. I don't have any farm animals yet. My barn is actually a couple days away from being done. I'm, I'm building, um, I mean, my barn has been built, but I'm rehabbing it because I'm about to get some goats and chickens, which I'm oh, very excited fun. about. Yeah, but I love like looking outside and walking around the property and um, reading is like just being by myself and reading and spending the day at home alone is like the best way for me to recharge and reset. It does wonders for me. I can't if I've been around people for a good amount of time, like if, and if I don't get that time to be alone to recharge, I kind of, I start, that's when I start crumbling. I need I think, that. I need a little yeah, time. I think recharging is hugely important. I'm a huge people person, but I will need to switch off. you like, everyone needs yeah. to switch off. Right. And there's obviously yeah. some, some more than others. And especially in the world that you work in, you know, you'll have 200 people sometimes out on set and all yeah. people that you see in a day. And you're like, that's tiring yeah. there's a lot of people to say hello to yeah it's really tiring and it's, it's a lot of big personalities sometimes too you know yeah. you're you're managing a lot of big personalities so yeah I need that that's why I love that I live here versus the city right now because I feel like my job takes me to the cities and then I get to come home and be in like complete peace, peace and serenity and I'm like oh my god I love it so much feels like I always say that my town is like my version of Disney world. It's like the happiest place on earth for me. <laughs> I love that. So what about your kind of relationship with exercise then? Do you like, do you like gymming or are you a runner or what, 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 what kind of gets that dopamine going? So I, it changes all the time. Um, I've been like really big into Pilates and yoga, which I love. I love any kind of like dance cardio has always been Ooh. my favorite. Um, but, you know, I joke that um, I didn't go to college, so I didn't gain, like, the freshman 15 when I was younger. But I gained that COVID-20, like, big time. And it wasn't about anything other than I didn't want to buy a whole new wardrobe. I wanted to fit in my clothes again. So in December, I actually hired a trainer here. And we've been doing, like, some strength training stuff in a way that I really like it. And she's made it fun for me. And I've really gotten into it, like, to a point where even when I was traveling, I traveled with, like, two little workout bands so I could do stuff in my room if I didn't have a gym nearby. And um, I sometimes, like, I didn't work out for three years before that. So sometimes I'll go, like, in and out. And I realize now the value that working out has, even if I just do it, like it helps my mood. It helps when I'm traveling me get over jet lag. It helps me mm. get back into my routine. So I actually have built this like love for it that I never had before. Um, so yeah, just being active. I love hiking. I love going for walks. No, I love that. I, I completely agree with you. It's, I, um, yeah, I, I like to use exercise just to switch off as well. Like not only does it recharge, yeah. but you know, you can just forget about whatever is going on because totally. that feeling is so great of just detachment. Yes. Yes. Um, it's so great. So obviously you have had an incredibly and hugely successful career, but that's led to you having an amazing platform, uh, you know, through social media and all the, all the work that you do for charities and raising awareness. And you've become an advocate for so many things now, but I'm, I'm curious to know where did that social responsibility kind of stem from in terms of your influence to do so that passion for it 
I'm not really sure. I know as a kid, I was always very like vocal and asking questions. If something didn't make sense to me, I'd be like, well, why, why, why? I don't understand why. Um, and I remember being really affected if I felt like there was injustices going on when I was really young, even though I didn't know what to do about it or how to approach it. So it's always been something that's been inside of me of not like being able to stay quiet when things I feel like are wrong. Um, and then I remember when I was doing my first job as a series regular on this show called Beautiful People, um, this woman, Daphne Zuniga, played my mom. And Daphne was Princess Best in baseballs. She had done like Melrose Play. She had a really big career that was, you know, and she was always, she was like going to Washington, going to DC to like advocate for, uh, be an advocate for the environment and talking to the government about it. And I remember being so in awe with that and seeing her use her platform in that way for environmental stuff. And I was so impressionable. I was 20 years old. I remember thinking to myself, like, it was so empowering to me to see this beautiful woman who has this amazing career using it for good in that way. And so I don't think I actually like made that choice of like, I want to do that with my career too. But um, I think it, she definitely impacted me in that way. I remember she sat me down too. And she was like, you know, don't fall into the trap of getting these jobs and just shopping and partying. She's like, continue to read books, educate yourself, take class, like do those things. And it really stuck with me. I think she kind of set me on a course without me even knowing it, but had a huge influence on me for sure. So do you think people in the public eye then use their platforms to do to to raise awareness enough you know or, or do you think that you know because I look at people like Leonardo DiCaprio and his passion for the environment that's fantastic yeah. and his when he did his Oscars speech that comes to mind but then as you say there are so many people that do fall into that trap of you know parties rock yeah. and roll you're getting picked up in a car you're getting all your food done for you it's very easy to be comfortable yeah. It's so easy. And it goes back to, because sometimes I've seen even certain friends that I'm like, God, they have this huge platform and they don't really do much with it. And then I'm like, I have to remind myself, it's not my place to judge. Some people sometimes being vocal about things makes them feel really anxious and vulnerable. And we don't see that side. And so as much as I do feel like when you have a platform, you do have an obligation. I also feel on the flip of that, you don't really know what people are feeling or what they're struggling with. And I always tell people like, I feel like there is this pressure to be so vocal these days, especially on social media mm. and stuff. Um, but I feel like what you say and what you do on the internet stays and it sticks. And if you don't feel confident in what you're saying yet, you you have every right to wait and do what you want when you feel ready for it. So I try not to judge those people that I'm like, God, they could do so much with this platform um, and just go like, you know, I don't know what they're feeling and what they're thinking. And it's not my place to know. And I just got to focus what I'm, on what I'm doing and what I'm putting out there. And that's it. You know, I think there's that difficulty of accessibility as well, because if you have that easy access to Instagram right now, I can open it up, post anything. <laughs> Whoever is there can see it straight away. And if someone's not in the yeah. right mindset, again, that can also be detrimental, you know, and as you say, people who might be going out partying, that could well be their coping mechanism for now because right. they don't know how to tackle that anxiety. And that's the only right. way that they feel like they can deal with it. But then that can obviously exactly. lead to influencing, you know, yeah. a great following in a negative way. 
Yeah. And it's hard too, because I think what people don't realize as well is it's like, yes, actors and musicians, they become celebrities that have this, you don't always get into acting and, and, and music because you have a strong point of view or because you're even necessarily that good of a person. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that, I don't know when the two started. So I think there is a lot of pressure, you know, that people are like, well, they're an actor, they should speak on this. And it's like, maybe that hasn't even crossed that person's mind. They just got into this because they loved acting and now they're handed all this stuff that they're supposed to do with it. And, you know, if you don't have somebody kind of guiding you sometimes, it's easy to get lost. Like you said, you're on set all day having people cater to you and not even because sometimes people want to cater to you. I realize on sets, I can't get up and go get my own water because they want the day to move swiftly. So people are watching me. And if I go to get my own food, they're like, I'll get it for you because they want to keep me in one spot so that they don't lose where the actors are. Do you know what I mean? And, and you become used to that. Like you said, it's, um, and if you don't have people kind of holding you accountable outside of your career, I could see how people could get lost a little bit too. So how, how do you, continue to remain focused because you seem so driven you have this routine what is it that kind of gets you up in the morning then um honestly the goal of living the most simple life possible gets me up in the morning and I've realized in such an ass backwards way to live this simple life on the farm I have to work <laughs> you have to work to get to a place in your career and all that stuff where you can live that simple life. And um, also because speaking out on so many of these issues uh, are so important to me. And mm. I realize the more I grow my platform, the bigger voice I have to talk about the things that actually matter to me. Cause I went through a really dark time with acting where I felt like, you know, I was on these sets and wasn't always around like-minded people and felt like things were getting like, it was a bit, of a vapid environment and I was not happy. And then I started hospice volunteering and I needed, I, cause I realized I needed something outside of acting. And then when hospice volunteering kept growing and kept growing and I became like a spokesperson for them. And then I realized that my career was helping me speak out and teach people about hospice. And I was like, okay, this works for me. I can still act and be a part of this industry that's very difficult sometimes, as long as I have something else to live for. So that's the stuff that like gets me motivated in the morning. Yeah, you can still make that change and still do the thing that you're most talented at, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Tori, I ask this question to every guest that comes on. What does the word headstrong mean to you? Headstrong, ooh, that's interesting. Um, because it's not a, a word I use very often, a term I use very often. Um, headstrong. I think it feels like if I'm just going off my gut of what it feels, it feels like knowing your, your no in a very loving way and mm. not compromising for it. Really like that. Being strong in yourself yeah. in your decisions, right? Yeah. 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 No, I really like that. Hey, Tori, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's been so nice to talk to you. Thank you. And thank you so you much for well. all the um all the lovely work that you do. I mean, we I could talk to you for hours about it all, but it's been it's so lovely. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was lovely speaking to you as well. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Have you ever struggled from fitting in? I know I have, particularly at school. I found it difficult to find out who I was on that journey of self-discovery. 
I started to see a therapist. And not only did I go on a journey of self-awareness and understanding, I became more resilient, my self-worth grew, and my mental health changed for the better. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com headstrong. That's better, H-E-L-P, Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.